This is TV8 by Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. This is worldwide. There's anyone doing better than we are. What the f- For all we know, the Lakers could have just won, and that's the reason why all this is happening. I think it's the apocalypse. Oh my god! Tell the kids I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Hermione just stole all of our (laughs) shoes. In the year 2007 AD, DarkCrazy.com launched the last of its eight dimensional probes. Theorizing that one could save the world with the teachings of pop culture, Dr. Sean, but, Gilberto stepped into the TVA and the accelerator. And vanished. He awoke to find himself in a dimension not of sight but of sound, existing in an imaginary non-space called the interwebs. His only guide on this journey is Greg, the gruff co-founder of the project, who appears in the form of a voice Sean can only sometimes hear. They are often accompanied by other travelers on the seas of fate, such as Hazel Lynn, Scary Gary, Tracy Luna, Mandrew, and others. I'm Ron, an experimental robot built by Sean to be his constant companion. We've been running ever since, leaping from life to life, pointing out things that once went wrong, in movies and TV, in this strange wild adventure inexplicably known as... TV Ate My Dinner. Star Wars on in the background. I'm starting to. I'm, I'm getting ready to have another. I think we need to have another Star Wars episode at some point. Well, when some new news comes, as we, I got burned out on Star Wars. I was writing that book and I was doing all this research. We can do an expanded universe episode. I got tons of research. When we get through the summer, we've had so much fodder, but with summer movies that we haven't had to come up with topics. Oh yeah. You're listening to TV at my dinner. My name is Sean, and I'm returning once again with uh, Greg and Andrew. Yeah, we're having ourselves a good little run now. Yeah, no. It's like almost like having a regular cast. At some point, we'll have to get get, uh, Lynn back in on this action. Well, I'm glad uh, I enjoyed the TV on the throne for the past 10 episodes. So I'm looking forward to the retrospective stuff you guys are going to do later. Thanks for only listening to half of the episodes, Greg. (laughs) <laughs> just, just like what? there's 10 lost episodes what? there's like 10 episodes right? 
Yeah, it's only yeah, we ten, did ten Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to make this more topical for whenever someone listens to it. It's like we've done like fifty episodes. Oh, sorry. Well, you can cut that crap out. Yeah, I was trying to be nice. No, but but, but I, I'm glad. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that got out of hand fast. This is raw and uncut. <laughs> we were just having a pre-show conversation about what shitty friends we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how, well, uh, we what I don't am, have well very many it. old friends who want to stay in touch, and this is—it's—it's <laughs> it's a hard road we walk. That's why the podcasts are good because they make you—it gives you something to work on together that you actually contribute to. It is. I always true. found I stay like friends with people when I can work on stuff with them, which is kind of horrible too. That may be. But, that, 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 that may actually define the the. <laughs> the shitty friend thing because it's true that way it's like if we have a project together and we have a reason even though we're, we're just being friends and recording it but at least that gives us something to focus on that gives us an that's why we knew together. when when yes. brooks wanted to leave the show he's like i got a lot of things going on in my life i can't do the podcast anymore it's like you're basically firing us as friends because <laughs> that's all we do is talk about things and stay in touch but record it yeah, uh, but uh, I got some other things. <laughs> Whatever, man. Okay. <laughs> I'll go talk to my other friends, aka the internet. <laughs> That's like so I'd your like to opinion, call this, man. I'd like to call this session of the uh, Brooks Robinson X Friend uh, support group to order. X Friends of Brooks <laughs> or X Fob. X friends is strong. We're not. We call it X. We just don't hang out like we used to. No, we do. We we just don't. But we do still. Even on the podcast, we talk to Brooks every now and then. But it is funny. (laughs) But not everyone can keep up with just the madcap shenanigans nonstop that we offer. What the hell are we even talking about? Oh, we were talking about. <laughs> no we were doing a Superman retrospective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm glad someone said it because no one listening is gonna know. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, At least we get the theme. <laughs> <laughs> we open with the theme. <laughs> Finally, we talk about Superman. Like it's been going on for like four minutes, and these idiots are talking about nothing. <laughs> Yeah. We've been doing so well this year by having shows just well, fully on Well, isn't that how topic. we roll? Like, that's how we've been rolling for years? We've been doing really well, though. Like, laser focus. Even when we talk about something else, we just chop it out and make a mini-set out of it. <laughs> like, we've been really, really focused lately. So, this is, this is a good blowing off point. Well, yeah, you can make a mini-set out of this. It's TV a <laughs> mini-set. The guys just doinking around. Like, all free talk. Yeah. Doinking around. Yeah. Doinking around. <laughs> You're listening to Doinkcast. <laughs> Doinkin', that's another good. That's not as good as Caveman Future, but Doinkin' Around is another good yeah. podcast name. <laughs> I like the ones that sound like a fake podcast that people made up and something they wrote. You guys listen to the Doinkin' Around podcast? Doinkin' Around. <laughs> awesome. And the douche. Yeah. With the douche. The goober. <laughs> the goober. That's right. We need a soundboard. That's what we. Yeah, sound effects. We're yeah. Really, yeah, we're really hurting ourselves that we can I mean, only add, add some stuff. of that in, I guess. Yeah. But. Oh yeah, and, and well, we did it. I, Greg used to try to do that, but it threw everything off. It was like a weird delay. That <laughs> was what sound. Well, the way I was playing. doing like, it. What the hell is that? I mean, thing? I could do, I could do it now. I could set it up to where because I, I got a little mixer here that I can uh, 
you know, just have it on a channel and everything goes into one channel. What I was trying to do before was I was trying to uh, set it up to where I was playing it on the same computer that I was recording on and that didn't quite work. Yeah. Things got weird, man. It just got weird. I get, yeah, it all it went wrong, man. It all kind of went weird. <laughs> Alright, well before we get started since People eat, you know, while we're in Minnesota ter- territory uh, did, did did you see the World, the World War Z, Andrew? Am I the only one that saw it? I did see the World War Z What would you, you think about it? I thought it was quite functional <laughs> like, like, no, I, I actually, almost actually certainly I praise indeed <laughs> it, it Well, I actually liked it I liked it, I, mean, I liked it because it's like the one thing I like about it is like somebody was criticizing that well they're just commenting that they didn't do a really good job of like if it's set up to be this big action franchise and stuff but that's why I kind of liked it because apparently the third act has had a bunch of trouble and they shot this whole big bombastic ending where they went to spoiler alert if we're going to get to Russia and they got captured and they had to escape from Russians like it's all this well, business was, the whole movie was troubled like the whole movie, they start out with like, they had these big ideas for what they wanted to do, but apparently, like Brad Pitt had a slightly different vision than than the director, and it didn't work. They they were like, you got to commend them because they basically came in the end and they said, you know, guys, it doesn't work, and they brought in Dame, your your buddy Damon Lindelof, and he did a rewrite, and he basically was like, we got to reshoot like forty minutes this movie. Is that cool? <laughs> and the studio <laughs> yeah. said yes. They brought him and Drew Goddard. The well, I guess if it's a Brad Pitt movie, cabin either. on the yeah, uh, awesome combo. And did I see yeah. Joe Straczynski's name in those credits too? Was I think the so. There, yeah, there, there were a few different writers, and then they came in and, and they basically added some to the beginning, but they added like the entire third act because that used to be the point where they leave Jerusalem and on that plane. So now they end up. I don't. Greg hasn't seen. We're going to where they end up in That's Wales, okay, whatever. Ahead, that ahead. was that was all the stuff they added. That was the whole, yeah, so they basically did just do a whole new third act. Yeah, and they added like the beginning where they're in their house. They added a lot of more personal stuff, and but I kind of like it because I like how realistic the ending is. How it feels very, it doesn't have to be big just because it's a big movie. Well, they'd already done a lot of big action. What I love about this movie, and I'd love this movie for the first thirty minutes if the rest of it was completely off the rails because. It's such a validation of that. You can tell Max Brooks, who wrote the book, like wrote the zombie survival guide first, because that's the first thirty minutes of this movie. Not that it follows the book as far as the linear. Yeah, he had nothing story. to do with this. But uh, <clears throat> but it plays like like a don't do this because they really are you like you you really do feel for him because he's with his family in the middle of a crowded street and it fast zombies break out and fast zombies it's very difficult to get away from vast yeah. from fast zombies, fast zombies in an outbreak situation yeah, that, that's what makes them scary because it's like 28 days later where it's like man if you were in that you'd i mean it's just luck of the draw at that point that's what he said. He says movement is life. That's one of the things he tells one of the guys when they're trying to get out of the city. He's like trying to convince people. It's like, we can't stay here. Movement is life. And uh, he doesn't say it that weird because he's trying to speak to a guy in Spanish. And I guess that's the only Spanish he knows. <laughs> he doesn't speak like a caveman normally. But the whole thing is he's trying to get out with his family and they go through like this whole looting thing where they're trying to get just enough su- supplies to get by and you know they get chased up and a helicopter it's always a helicopter the helicopter is always the way to go on that. We I can't stress that enough. We've said that before. So many of our rules you see play out. And one of them is is the helicopter thing. Is 
will what always have a helicopter? Well, a helicopter is what gets you out. I I have not really seen in any zombie movie anything that so consistently becomes useful in a situation like that than a helicopter. If you have access to helicopters, that is definitely the way to go. And it takes them off to like a an aircraft carrier. So it's like they're like this is the best place ever, you know, until we run out of food and gas and stuff. <laughs> Well, that's interesting because, well, of course, I haven't seen the movie, but it, it's good fun. It, it uh, and it plays out like a like a video game. Really, I I tried to catch it today and didn't couldn't make it. But yeah, uh, it, it's it's really cool how it just ends much more quietly, and they do a lot of really neat, neat, neat things with like just like you said, this just those tiny moments, and like I love like when he thinks he's get gotten bit or whatever, and he goes to stand up on the ledge. Yeah, because like, he <laughs> thinks it's setting in and he's going to jump off. Because he's like a MacGyver. He really is a fun character because every situation is an impossible to survive situation. And it's not like, you know, I got my guns and all this stuff. It's all like he's on a plane and there's like zombies break out on the plane. And he's like, what do we do? <laughs> like, how do you get out of this? Like every like every situation just barely survives. And because he thinks of some kind of clever way, you know, to to get through it. But but I really appreciated that movie, and as far as being a survival guide and as far as follow, it's very forward moving. Because if I I didn't really finish reading the book, because when I tried reading the book, I didn't get into it. Because it's a very, it's like an account after the fact that jumps around these different characters, showing you how the outbreak happened and all that kind of stuff. It's very neat sort of documentary account, but I didn't get very far into it because I just, it it didn't grab me, but it was a neat, this is like a Jack Ryan international thriller kind of movie, but it's zombies. Like, that's what he is. They're like, we gotta have you back. Only you can do this. And he's like the one guy that is like the Jack Ryan character. And that's everywhere cool. he goes. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a good one. I like Brad Pitt anyway, but it's, it's a good role for him. And it's just a good, fun kind of movie. And it's PG-13, so if you don't like like gore or anything, you don't have to worry about that. It's pretty grisly in concept, but you don't see a lot of blood going around. But I, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm glad I went to see it. Cool. cool. Yeah, I want to definitely want to check it out. It just, uh, um, well, I can't really talk about it because I don't know anything about it. But the, But the previews look really cool. Yeah, I would just say the situations they came up with. And I was worried about the I Am Legend thing because, you know, there's so much, like, CG. When you do PG-13 zombies, you just think they're going to look cheesy like an I Am Legend. But, well, but they were cool. I, I, they, they look real creepy, and the sound guy is amazing on the movie. The Foley stuff they do, the zombies make any manner of uh, just whole totally creepy-sounding well, things. The, well, like, the previews don't really give you a close look at the zombies, and that's kind of one of the things I thought might be wrong with it is that because – those far off shots of like the like the zombies climbing up to the helicopter that kind of thing you know to me looked a lot like an i am legend kind of yeah they did it for fun because of the scope and it's really like a giant version of the dawn of the dead remake because dawn of the dead did that where they did that huge scale sort of zombie outbreak and they had that awesome pull away where you see just the subdivision has become a living hell that they're trying to get out of this is just that to a bigger scale they come away and it's like like all of philadelphia is just running with zombies it's it's a really amazing looking incoming text from andrew still with us andrew message 
Got kicked. Hold on. <laughs> I say that with. I was wondering why he's being so quiet. I have. I haven't seen this movie, Andrew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the bell, throw, throw me. Throw me a line here, man. Yeah. Don't let me go on forever, because I'll. I'll do a show and I realize that that I'm the only one on it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see if we can see if we can get him back. Attempting to reestablish connection. That's funny. I left that in on that because we did that cloud atlas and we went on forever. And then at the end, it's like you hadn't been on for like ten minutes. I'm like I just thought he wasn't talking because he hadn't seen Cloud Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even on the show. <laughs> what happened to Greg? Yeah, what's going on? But yeah, you but and and you said you you saw this is the end, right? Right. I saw right. that too. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, because you put on the Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil the gags, but that should, the Channing thing. Well, I mean, did, it was funny. I mean, this it's been out for several weeks, so if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, don't worry, I wouldn't worry about the spoilers so much. Yeah, but, I hate to spoil jokes, but but, uh, but it but is. I enjoyed a lot it fun. a lot more than I thought I would, and mainly because. It was it was actually grounded in in ancient text, which I you know I thought was pretty cool. It wasn't just a you know weird end of the world movie where monsters take over. It's like a Bible uh, apocalypse. Yeah, like, it was, it was a, a biblical apocalypse or close to it. And, uh, and that's yeah, so. obviously what they wanted to have fun with because they did the possession thing and all that. <laughs> Everyone, I, I was kind of leery because the people playing themselves actors are always wanting to play themselves as jerks and that's how they feel like it's okay since it's self-deprecating mm-hmm. so i always get a little upset about that like oh it's gonna be hammed up but actually it's pretty funny in this one i think they they kind of kept a kept a lid on it i i think uh i mean i think jonah hill was a little weird yeah. i don't think he i don't think he really acts like that <laughs> well they took it too far with him i, yeah. I wonder if, if he and jay Baruchel don't get along at all but i thought he was funny in that it's like uh, dear god this is jonah hill from moneyball <laughs> like you do gotta you probably just throw that out there a little bit danny mcbride's almost always my favorite thing and everything uh, he's, <laughs> he's the he's funny a, one he's a nut. <laughs> yeah, you just knew he was the one who was going to go cannibal. <laughs> uh, the, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was kind of a neat little story where, uh, I mean, the, to me, they, you know, they had to have a big ending, what they did, but, uh, you know, that to me, that they kind of cheated the whole redemption thing a little bit. Well, the, the whole yeah. ending is retarded. Yeah. I mean, the whole ending is out of control. Like, the, uh, you know they were trying to do that, but but honestly, the whole the last five minutes or so, I was like, ah, I kind of checked out before this. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it earned it. Like the the big finale with the giant Satan, all that is pretty funny, and they had some good moments. And James Franco is really funny in the movie. I, yeah, I appreciate. Was. I was saying that about Channing Tatum, and it's like I couldn't stand that guy till <laughs> Twenty One Jump Street came along, and he was funny in it. And then every now and then he does something funny, and it's made me like like him as an actor. Another thing, I, I liked him for like, a while because he I, like watched The Vow, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a pretty good movie. This is, this is pretty I, serious I, stuff. The Vow. Oh, I've seen that one. That's the one where the girl loses her memory, right? Yeah, it's yeah. heartbreaking. I mean, it's, it's a, yeah, but it's, it's a, a, but it's a good movie. Yeah, it's he's a good, good movie. in it. And uh, um, he was in um, in the dilemma. And he was probably the highlight of that movie, really, because yeah. uh, which isn't sent a whole lot, unfortunately. That's just not a very funny movie. Yeah, but 
but yeah, it's like and it's you want to encourage actors. It's like look for that kind of range because because well, that's I mean, really he seems like a guy that's definitely not afraid to try new things. You know, like like I mean, he's got a lot, whole lot of notoriety for Magic Mike, which which to me I haven't seen that movie, but I knew he made that movie, and then he had that scene here in a in this is the end i'm like <laughs> yeah that's like the best part i love him you hear that gi joe loves me <laughs> he's just the worst that's right i want cannibal now <laughs> danny mcbride but there's a lot of funny a lot of the funny people get killed right away michael sarah he's, he does himself to such a horrible degree that it, it is funny good lord <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know anything is he really like that is he that crazy I mean I don't, yeah, I don't know or is this just playing to the opposite because he seems like he probably is just like his his characters yeah this sort of a nerdy type dude yeah that's probably what it was that's why he got the chance to play this like yeah he's crack. like I, I'll do it but only if I can be like the worst like, <laughs> all right well you wonder if that's how they approach it, if they're like, you know, hey, guys, if we were going to do this movie, how would you see yourself? Or did they just write the script and like, this is what we'd like you to play and then read it? Like, well, what the I hell? I could tell in several scenes, it, you know, a lot of it was improvised, I bet. Like, like I was definitely all like the little dinner scenes and stuff. You know, they probably sketched out some things that they ha- had to do, like like Danny McBride pouring water all over himself and that kind of thing. But I, I kind of got the feeling that, some of it, it didn't feel scripted. It felt like it was sort of improvisation. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they, they have their own signature style. You're not going to get those guys together and not get them to do what they do. Yeah. That's the best part. J- Jason Siegel's not in it very much, but I like him because he's just making fun of the How I Met Your Mother stuff. <laughs> Where he's like, there's a piece of the birthday cake. I'm going to come out, birthday cake all in my mouth. And Kevin Hart's like, because you ate the birthday cake. That's why you guys are number one. <laughs> Just yeah, funny. That. <laughs> That's the best ever. Because it was you that ate the birthday cake. Just laughing. Because <laughs> it is so idiotic. Incoming transmission from Andrew. So yeah, all in all, it was it was a pretty good movie. Was, uh, uh, Emma Watson's part wasn't as fun funny as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, they gave away some of it, but the buildup was there. Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I kind of thought she, it would have been funnier if she had like attacked them. Receiving image. And, hey, sorry. Oh, no hey. Problem. Andrew is back. Hey, Andrew. What happened to you? <laughs> Andrew turned into a zombie. For a while, we're like, uh, so did, did he not have anything else well, to say about World War Z? Well, we moved on to this is the end. You might want to go back to World War Z because if you guys want to. Hadn't, I've both seen yeah, it. Yeah, we can revisit. We covered most of <laughs> this is the end. It's yeah. once we go to do anyway. fill in space. <laughs> Have you seen yeah, this? Yeah, I like World War II, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> I, I agree with everything you just said. Probably. Yeah, what you said was pretty good. I like the part where they did that thing. and yeah. <laughs> place with the people. And they're like, and the, whoa. And they're like, hey, yeah, yeah. And the zombie <laughs> went, <laughs> And I was like, whoa. <laughs> The movie does play like a video game, though. Especially, there's parts in it that are exactly like a video game. I don't know if you mentioned this—the part where they're sneaking around in the uh, 
medical facility. I was facility. thinking that, like, that third act part where they're, because it is a video game at that point, and, like, I was like, this could be a Left 4 Dead. They could make a World War Z game based on I mean, on they the literally movie, have that, that zombie, Every sequence like, is, like, a, like, run like hell sequence, and then this is, like, a typical, <laughs> like, we have to get through this ward that's full of zombies, but there's too many to fight. And any like noise will game, attract yeah. them. So we got to sneak through past the zombies to find this thing. And of course, then that dude, like, if you make one more sound, I'm going to slap you. Like, they bring <laughs> yeah. these guys, like, I'll help them because they don't know their way around. And every time <laughs> he's like bumping into things and stuff, like, dude, we're not trained zombie sneakers, <laughs> all right? But we're, we're doing it. Why do you have to be the Rufus of the group? Yeah, I, th- I, I overall like everything is really good. Like I think that Brad Pitt really loved that book, and the book is, I mean, it's okay. It's just interesting because it has, you know, all the little vignettes and stuff. And he kind of liked the like the uh, international political aspects of the book. I think he got started trying to make it into a movie, and they started like, we got to make it exciting and do all these well, things, and it went too far. And you try was- to find a linear progression of the story. You want the story to move around like that, but you need a central character that takes you through the whole movie. That's different from the book. Yeah, and it's a little, I mean, it's a little unrealistic in, as far as what happens to him. Like, he just happens to be at all these places at the last moment he could be at all these places. But I think it works. I think, yeah. it, I mean, it has a lot it of neat reminded, stuff. It reminded me of Armageddon a little bit. Like, yeah. what is every place we go blow up? <laughs> I mean, he just has, but it has a lot of neat stuff. That stuff on the airplane is really cool. The yeah. Well, uh, that's what I was saying. It's really like a, like an international thriller, like a Jack Ryan kind of Tom Clancy story, but with zombies. Like you think it's going to be like a big war kind of movie because they call it World War Z, but it's really like an international thriller where you've got this guy like in that Jack Ryan sort of position running around. And he's the only one who can find the cure. And he, <laughs> spoiler alert, but it happens right at the beginning. Like he takes this virologist who's like, he's our only hope. This guy will <laughs> yeah, figure guy. out how he does this big speech about you have to look for the clues in Mother Nature. And, blah, blah. and the first place they go, zombies pop out and he literally is running back up the ramp to get into the plane. And he trips and breaks his own neck. <laughs> oh, he shoots dies. himself. He shoots That's himself. That's what it is. He shoots himself. That's right. Because <laughs> he's got the gun. But it happened so fast because I thought I thought he had broken his neck because Brad Pitt looks like yeah he fell he's dead it's like what <laughs> like I didn't even notice yeah see that's the only it thing you could say about the movie is that like I love Brad Pitt and I think he did a fine job but his just character is very just kind of normal like there's nothing to it that's interesting or there's no reason why he is the person for that job. Well, he's as smart as he right, is. Yeah. Well, he is. But it, I think he's got that inner MacGyver. I really yeah, think he just, it every just time works things go down, it's... he thinks of the thing with no resources at hand. He's just looking around like, what can I use? Because you're like, you can't be prepared for when a zombie is on a, like a passenger flight. Right. And they just, but they don't actually build it. I mean, they say he was, he was in all these places and embedded and stuff. And they kind of say, I just, it's, he's just kind of bland as a character. I think he does fine. And he does a really good job of, I think everybody in the movie is really good. It's just, I think it's cool because it's the first time you see a big like, it's like the Independence Day of, like zombie. You see like what's happening and yeah, it's, but, and it's fast zombies. It's right, like a, an explosion. Like, because that's what happens, you know, when they get into the free city, like they're in Jerusalem or whatever, and like one gets over the wall, and like that's it. Within five minutes, the whole city's lost. Right. Because it's bite and bite and bite and bite and bite, like this full exponential. Because they're fast zombies. And, and people turn fast, also. Yeah, like within seconds. Well, they don't 10 explain seconds. that. In no, the they movie do a cool. Because 
Well, they do they, a cool thing, and the, they do that explanation. I think they do an ingenious way of sh- showing the explanation in Philadelphia because he's carrying his kid who has that toy that's counting to ten. It's like one, but you know, two. It's like a little play school toy. Yeah, and that's but how he's he watching re- a guy get turned. He realizes quickly. ten seconds. Yeah. Oh, wow. But but they say in the earlier outbreaks when they find it mutates somehow because it took people minutes. You know, it took people a while to turn at first. Right. So they don't really explain why it accelerates to that level. Yeah, see, the, and I could see the problem of this because, I mean, the book has no story. The book is just those vignettes, and it's just an interesting – like the book – like this really would have been a be- – I mean, if you say just based on the books, I mean, it would have been a better like HBO like miniseries or something. Because you would have yeah. just had – now this is the chapter where we're in Vietnam, and this is where it started these little cases. And it wouldn't have been as fun. Yeah, you could – you'd have to do, like, different episodes. It would be interesting to do something like that where a different episode takes just place. Just a miniseries for each chapter or whatever, like a little hour-and-a-half yeah. thing for each chapter, which had been really cool. But this is just trying – like, it just feels like, well, we're trying to hit that political – and I think they did a good job of having those tones where it's cool being in Jerusalem. It's cool being in these places. And yeah, you kind and of it's see exciting what's to see what's going on. I really fell in love with that idea of the tenth man, like where he says, "Like, well, how? Why did you take this serious?" There's like a point where they have oh, these yeah, giant gr- zombie yeah. walls built, and he's like, "Why would you have ever explored?" Because somehow it gets out. Like in one of the places early on, someone says, "There's zombies." They say, "There's rakshasas." Yeah, I mean, which, you know, they. I mean, they. You can tell they undead. had some heavy hitting writing on this because I mean whoever wrote the first thing and they had other writers and they had Dan Lundloff guys coming they probably do those parts but even between that speech you know that he's like the scientist that kills himself he has that whole speech about Mother Nate like they have some like writer moments you know in this whole movie these like interesting little mm-hmm. conversations like they kind of I mean they really tried to write it's this one good, out of the park it's a I mean, good movie it's yeah. it's a lot of fun and it's really well written that, that, that tenth man thing we could we could talk about just as the ultimate survival guide because he was yeah. saying, you know, throughout history, every time we thought we, nothing was a plausible threat, you know, we all agreed that it wouldn't happen. It did happen. So we came up with this concept of the Tenth Man where if something happens and nine people, the, the, the nine previous people unanimously agree upon a certain course, it is the obligation of the Tenth Man to, to for the explore worst. another option. Yeah. Or to prepare like, for the no opposite, matter, yeah. Yeah, no matter how unlikely it is it's that tenth person's job to come up with a contingency for the opposite of whatever it is those first nine agreed and this one they said they had like zombie they had like zombie reports from india like years ago or something and it's like what would happen if that happened and they're like that could never happen he's like well all right we'll have to prepare for (laughs) well now i gotta do zombies yeah if, if nine people agree that zombies are impossible then it's my job to look into the possibility that that they are possible. It's a really neat concept. It's like that that actually makes perfect sense. I was like because then you'd be prepared for anything if you followed a rule like that. There would always be a plausible contingency. One person would be obligated to think of the impossible. And I thought that I fell in love with that idea in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I think so it has a lot awesome. of great ideas. I mean, it has a lot of great moments. I mean, there's nothing really it's just it's kind of just surprising because you were just taken aback because we've seen so many like Man of Steel and Star Trek and all these things. You're just like, geez, it's like your face is melting by the end of it. And this yeah, one literally goes... Mindless, yeah. Yeah, this one goes... I mean, the Jerusalem part is pretty big, but it just goes... 
it comes down at the end and it's kind of nice. It's a different movie. That sounds it's like good. Actually, a that's much smaller kind of scale. One of the reasons why I was indie. thinking about maybe not going to go see it. It's, I thought it was just breaking, and so and, and that's why it's cool. It's trackable. The action is trackable though. Unlike and it ends even on, Man it of ends, Steel, which I like, it's like it gets to the point where you can't tell what's going on. This movie, you can always follow what is happening, and it's very linear. I mean, to be so wild, I mean, it is like from A to B. Like you, you never lose the story either. It's like every place you, it is like a video game because every place he goes has a clue that says now you have to. Go to this place you know it's it, it, it's a very simple progression but it, i just it's just kind of those weird things when the immediate reaction when you watch it you're like it just it almost it just you can't help but feel anticlimactic you know because like oh okay almost was like an episode in or like a se- season in for a show or something like okay mm-hmm. cool let's now oh, we're yeah, seeing what happens so next not, season yeah, not, but it's not like oh my god it's not like the matrix or something at the end of that but but then you think, I was like, that's what makes it so endearing, though, is the movie you probably go back to. So it's like, oh, it's, it's like totally just enjoyable because it does, it doesn't try to get out of hand. It really reins it back in and makes it much more personal. And there the is a, a sequel potential there because, you know, what they money. came up I don't know with, what yeah, it's it doesn't made. tie it all up. It looked like it was doing decent. I, I'd have to see some. The problem is I'd it just costs so down. much money. Well, that's the problem. You're trying to compete with a Man of Steel. The we're, like we're sitting there patting it on the back. It's like no, it's very straightforward as far as the action. And all that. It's like yeah, but it still had the same kind of budget. Like the whole point of doing a toned down kind of movie with the action is to not spend the same amount of money. I wonder what kind of demo is going to see this though, because I mean, you think it's like a zombie, but I, I mean, of course, I saw it like in a Saturday afternoon or something. But it was like a bunch of like not just like middle aged people, like couples and stuff, like people like. 50s and well, think, before, like know, late 40s. Like, this getting, is very, it felt like it was like a Tom Clancy movie or something. That's what all well, the Brad crowd Pitt's was getting like. Along yeah. like well, he's probably not. Yeah, this is the first time he kind of yeah. looks old, too. His skin kind of looks a little ring. I mean, because he's like 50. I mean, he looks, his face always is going to look like he's like 25, but he, you start to see that kind of Robert Redford start to the creep in on his skin and stuff. Yeah, and I'm sure they played that up a little bit, too. Like, they give him that kind of ratty looking hairdo. It's made 128. It's made 263 worldwide. Uh, what's and it the costs 190. Number? So uh, that's not good. <laughs> they made that's it back, but that's they're not weeks, making though. two and a half times yeah, yet. So. Uh, I don't think that's yeah, enough to be considered like killer retention. I mean, that's it, a little weak. If it retains, it could you know, be, you, still be a success. But. You know where it does suffer, though? And I and it's funny because I heard people say this, and I did notice this while I was watching it as well. It said, this is one of the only times I've ever noticeably watched a movie, and you notice that it's PG-13. Because there are so many, like, zombie kills and stuff that are, like, down out of frame. And you, where there's a couple big ones, you, like, you, just, you don't expect to have to see all this gore, but we're just so used to Walking Dead, which is on television. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like on, it's on cable. It's like not even a premium cable and you see it, but this, they don't show any blood. There's no blood basically shown in the whole movie, except for like a wound, but the, you well, don't see any zombies getting is like, there's a lot of hardcore kind of ideas and stuff and people with rotting faces and all that. So they're already pushing it, but they wanted that PG 13. So there's only so much you can do. You can also tell like they, the, the toned down language in the movie too. Which yeah. doesn't hurt story, but, but yeah, I don't mind the language sort of thing so much, thing. and I didn't even notice the language thing. I just noticed mm-hmm. you really do notice the non because they really do shoot stuff out of frame, especially towards the end when it gets pretty kind of gr- like it's noticeable. And I, it's funny, I just 
And I didn't realize it was PG-13 until I was like, I think this is PG-13. <laughs> Wait <laughs> a minute. Of that. And maybe it's just because we're so used to, we're so used to seeing on. like zombie guts every week on every Sunday night <laughs> on AMC. That well, a long know, time ago, Doug Benson, who's who does a lot of funny stuff now, but he used to be on that Best Week Ever show, and they, he did like like the movie trailer crime lab thing where you would analyze the trailer and try to tell you what it's not telling you about the movie. <laughs> and that's always one of the things where he's looking at going, yeah, I think this has subtitles. <laughs> it's true. When they show these really big movies, I remember going to see uh, Pan's Labyrinth and not knowing till I sat down. And that's like, wait a second. This is, this is entirely in another language. <laughs> Because they just show you all these awesome visuals. But it is funny how they have to rope you into that. Because it's like, uh, that, I'm not going to lie. They did the right thing. That would have factored into my decision. Really? Yeah, sometimes you don't feel like reading subtitles. It wouldn't make that big a difference going to see a movie in the theater because it's going to capture your your full attention anyway. But there are times where I have things in my Netflix queue that I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch that right now because I don't feel like looking at the TV. I feel like <laughs> I feel like working on something while there's something else going on. So oh, yeah, but uh, I would not watch a movie because it has subtitles. I wouldn't deliberately never watch it, but sometimes you are in the mood. At my age, I end up making decisions more based on how intense I think things are. So I kind of feel like getting bummed out. Yeah, that's me too. Well, I've always been kind of like that, but I don't like... Another reason why I haven't committed to World War Z yet is, you know, it looked like a very downer movie. (laughs) I wouldn't call it a downer. I would really just characterize it like an action movie. That's what it feels like. I mean, it really is like a thriller. Well, it sounds good. Yeah, we'll see it now. I guess, did we lose Andrew again? Andrew! Oh, Mr. Big Talk with the Mac. Sensors indicate no loss of signal. Life form Andrew is showing as present but non-responsive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I stop talking to see what people will say about me. <laughs> oh, Lord. Is he gone again? Where is he? Okay. What are you doing, <laughs> Andrew? I sense you're running across the room to go do something. <laughs> no, nah, I'm about to say, yeah, we've exhausted well, that um, topic completely. I, what are you going to say? I, well, I was just going to say, I thought you were going to be gone for a minute. I was going to talk about Pacific Rim because I, I, I recognize, I, I saw that uh, Guillermo del Toro is the director. Yeah. Is he the director, or is he just yeah, like presenting it? Yeah, so, so that'll be fun. It looks. So this is I saw first the, movie the new trailer, and I saw the new Elysium trailer. So those look good. Yeah, that new Elysium trailer is awesome. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool because you actually see the story. You see. I think it's it's going to be a good movie. I'm 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 enjoying the idea of it. I but there was something else I saw. Well, I saw the trailer for the new Thor. That's what I saw. That looks like whatever. It'll be fun. I like Thor. I'm sold on the Marvel mythos. It's like Iron Man. It's like, there's really not a whole lot of expectation one way or the other because I feel like, you know, I've I've bought into a certain franchise. I feel like I know what to expect. That's what's funny to hear all this, like there's all this, you know, Man of Steel back and forth is like because of the level of expectation. But with Iron Man, it was just like, meh, 
Like no one, they're like, nah, we'll give it $500 million and not talk about it. <laughs> I was like, it made yeah. a billion dollars worldwide <laughs> for there not to be a very big reaction. The movie's like, we knew what we were buying into. Good movie. It's fine. What did, um, I gotta do my Man of Steel check here. <laughs> what are you checking? Box office? Yeah, I gotta run my numbers. <laughs> like a little ticker coming out like in the old movies it's like how we doing how's the man of steel looking I definitely, at the I've definitely seen nobody commented in our episode have they I guess on Facebook Damn I've it. definitely seen Burdick did yeah Burdick and I had a long talk about man of steel oh really on the Facebook on Facebook yeah on, on the, the Facebook <laughs> on the Facebook that all the kids are on on the interweb? I said it's made 523 worldwide. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's doing pretty well. That's so over else. two times now, so that's good. But I've, I've heard, since we've talked about it, I've heard much more hate for it. It's so weird. But And I can see their criticism. I mean, it's one of those things, like, everybody's who doesn't like it, I can understand it. Like, they just don't. I mean, cause I don't know, I just can't, like, say, well, you're wrong. Because I was like, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I just kind of liked it. So, so is it taking a big second week dip? Um, what did I think right initially? But, I mean, let me see. Do 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 do. It can't have taken that big a dip if it. When did it open? Well, it went from like one seventy to like sixty. Yeah, that second week, the twenty first to the twenty seventh, it was sixty million. But that first weekend and week, it made like 170 something. Well, that's kind of hard to say. So, I mean, it's, that's it's like such a monumentally huge weekend, first weekend. But it's 523 the fir- already now, so yeah. I mean, it's already. Well, yeah. either way, fun. it's like the deal is done at this point. So yeah. even if there's a bad critical reaction, I mean, what they can bear that in mind makes? making the same, the same, the second film. But I mean, they've already justified making the second film, so it's not. Uh, my biggest fear is another false start in these things where they try to get these franchises going and it doesn't get off the ground. Yeah, see, they're going to start all over again. And you can't like, even uh, count inflation for this because this is 2005. Batman Begins only made 374 worldwide. And it was considered a big hit. It's funny yeah. how, but the market is so much more difficult now. It's like people are like less than 500 million. What a piece of crap. Oh, because then Dark Knight ruined it. And Avengers ruined them now for these movies. They're like, they're I not know, a billion now like, dollars. Everything has to break every record or forget it. So it did That's good. true. So now I mean, good. You know, they've kind of, they, they kind of hurt themselves by doing that a lot. It's like, you know, why can't you, you know, find a good $100 million movie and with a good story, a good strong story, and don't pour all these crazy special effects into it and just, just make a good movie. And you, you, you might end up hitting like a, you know, making a three hundred million dollar movie that may I mean or a movie that makes three hundred million dollars. But they 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 know. kill their profits by making you know, by putting out putting out so much uh money at the onset. Yeah, I don't understand that 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 
it, it does seem like the concept of the moderate budget film is is over. It's like they can still make small pictures, but you never see like a big. You'll you'll look at years past, like especially in the eighties, like a big summer movie, and it and it wasn't like the budget was not very big. Well, that was uh, you're watching it now. Going, oh, it's not that very was big. Michael Eisner's big thing back when he was at Paramount before he came to Disney. He he brought the same idea to Disney. About about singles, what do you used to call singles and doubles? You know, you know, make a bunch of small movies, but some of them will hit and and be big, and you'll have a big hit movie with a you know minimal onset of cash. And yeah, like instead of making one three hundred million dollar movie, you make ten thirty million dollar movies, and one of those, if they're good enough, one of those will hit big enough to make up for all the others. It makes sense. And you're spreading out. And really, over time, all of them will end up making, because then you've got 10 properties floating around. If they all make moderate money, you still have more product out there that you're making profit off of. And that makes sense to me. Yeah. But, uh, well, I, I could say, let's, before, we, let's kind of bring that discussion to a close and we can... And that's a whole other episode right there. <laughs> we'll just leave all of that discussion in in one big chunk. But um, and that and that way we can come back uh, next time and do the promised Superman retrospective while we took our break to talk about World War Z and, and this is the end and some of the more topical movies that are out. That way we're not only talking about Superman because we've been talking <laughs> about talking about Superman in every episode and then we talk about Superman for like 10 episodes. Well, yeah, and, and, and we've essentially, we've already got about about three hours worth of Superman content out there right now anyway. Yeah, well, that's the thing and we can sit there and say, you know, hey, you know, the, 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 the critical response to Man of Steel is just like, well, that's fine, but we got our say. Like, we've put it out there. Like people agree with us or don't agree with us, but we've we've articulated our our form of the argument. So so then I leave it to the rest of the world. I still do believe that people who are less who are more critical of that movie will look back over time and and like it better. But but that's up to them to decide. Well, right. I'd kind of like to go see it again because because of what you guys said in the last you know in the last podcast and uh well i actually said that in the last podcast when i was talking mm-hmm. to you all that i, I want to see it again and I, i'm i'm gonna be interested there's been so much discussion i didn't think of it as being that that provocative a movie while i was watching it i was pretty much well, on board I think, I think now you, i want to go watch it with the more critical eye and see and see what other people are saying too like well like i see. think you, i think what you you were saying has some weight that you know maybe um there were such high expectations about what the Superman was going to be. And then when they got there, it wasn't what they thought it was going to be, but it was still good. But they were angry because it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. And that's sort of the conversation that I ended up having with Burdick, which I actually agree with him on. Cause that was his comment. It is, it's, it, there's sort of more levels. It's not just about the character and the story being good. It's about like having that, that, sensibility to that classical the conversation with Burdick you're talking about took place on Facebook you can find took it took place on Facebook so yeah. you can see it there because because he's the perfect version of the argument on the other side to me because I actually agree with with him because I'm nostalgic for the same stuff he's nostalgic for but I'm still excited to see a new version of of the story so yeah, that's the thing I, I think too it's like I agree with every, what everybody is saying like I agree with like 
but I don't think the other movies are perfect either. But I agree, like the stuff that I love, and I said this when we talked about, it, is that I love the fact that you know the kind of humanity that they show in the old ones, where he's just he cares so much about these people, and it's about him saving people, and it's about him. That's his weakness. That's how you make him weak. Is that he is you know bound to humans and protecting life and doesn't do all that stuff. But I just find it kind of kind of bl- like blindly a little dogmatic to say he does not kill he doesn't do these things i was like well but that's like you don't just have a character i just still think it's cool to see the th- see a different take on it and everybody's just like this is so depressing and it's joyless and all stuff i was like i know but we have those other movies i was like did you just want an updated version like that's what, yeah, well, you know what and, I mean? and like, that I, I do think is the point and we will get into that when we talk about the retrospective and and talking about that particular aspect but that that's something i think we see a lot in people is they don't want to see an updated version because somehow they want the new version to overwrite the old it's like oh this is like this isn't like those old ones but you don't have to have movies that are like those old ones because you have those old ones right that's what i'm saying i I get i agree with all the criticism and i was like yeah it is joyless in a way and it is dark and it is depressing and it is morose in a lot of ways and i was like and i just think it's kind of interesting because it's a new thing i mean if we would have just made the same thing it's like why i mean the other ones still hold up for what they are the evil mr morose yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i just don't i just don't think it i mean that's just why it's hard and it's conflicted because, I mean, every criticism people could lay against it, I, I agree. I mean, I agree. I mean, I even said that there's ham-fisted dialogue and there's other – a lot of the stuff is pounding in a ways. But I think in a lot of it's, – it's like a big, dumb movie in a lot of ways. But in ways that those people were overlooking, it's actually really subtle. And I think with his character arc and stuff, it's kind of subtle. And people aren't actually really appreciating that when they're just seeing the dumb parts of it. Well, and I think looking too hard at the grittiness, especially the visual aspect of the movie, too, is, is gritty and, and, and dark in a lot of ways because of the way they shot the movie. But I think you might be losing sight that I think there is an intrinsic message of hope in the film. Like, it, I mean, it's it's punctuated with these, 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 these sort of beautiful pastoral sequences to show where what the foundation of his principles are. And they, they don't get away from that in a movie. That's, that's the core of the movie. Hey, are we are we doing a free talk episode now? Is that what we're doing? I think we're still. We we this is our longest outro ever. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what you were getting at here. On this. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, are we talking about Man of Steel again? After you said we weren't. <laughs> are we going to do that episode again? Like yeah, okay, yeah, we did say it. We've we've pretty much. <laughs> uh, we'll go into. We'll now re- retrospectively look back at the at. The, at the older films in our next episode, but I think we're done here. This is a good stopping point before we get into that. And so, um, well, we're can... still doing that. Well, okay, never mind. Never yeah, mind. Wait, 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 are we still now? Now we're doing what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? So, <Huh>? our recording <laughs> schedule is so confusing. <laughs> it's, no, it's in no way confusing for the listening audience. But you can follow us. Uh, we. we and follow some more of these discussions, especially like we referenced. We have we have had some discussions outside of the show about the things we talk about the show. When we're done expressing our opinions, sometimes we stop to discuss our opinions <laughs> and break those down. And then we have opinions about <laughs> Just those opinions. In case opinions. you missed something, <laughs> yeah, then we dissect that. So you can buy it, so you can listen to the episodes themselves at tv8medetta.com. That's where our episodes are. You can follow us on on uh, the 
Twitter and you can friend us on Facebook where some of these discussions happen. And some of them even happen at forum.tv8mydinner.com. But the Facebook's coming back strong. It's like a like a competition. Like whenever we say forum's doing really well, people are like, whoa, damn that. Like they get on the Facebook like crazy and the forum dries up. But, but that's okay. Wherever you find us, we'll find you. We'll be back next week to talk more Superman. Until then, my name is Sean. I'm Greg. And I'm Andrew. This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. Dog Creek. Yeah.